0: Now back to the City Current Radio Show hosted by Jeremy Park. Welcome back to the City Current Radio Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Park. We're always honored to bring you inspiring stories of individuals and organizations making a difference, empowering the good. And in this case, we get a double treat. So we get a father and son dynamic duo, both making a difference in really cool ways. We're joined by Dan and Dylan Aronoff. And uh, Dan is the market president and franchise consultant with FranNet. And Dylan is a uh, shoe aficionado that is doing some really <laughs> cool things with Samaritan's feet. So we'll dive in on both fronts. But how are you two guys doing? Awesome. We're doing
1: great. Thanks so much for having us, Jeremy.
0: So, Dan, let's start with you. Give us some background on the professional side. Talk about FranNet and uh, your work in terms of matching franchises with uh, prospective business owners.
1: Okay. Yeah, great. Great. Well, FranNet is an international consulting firm, and I own the FranNet rights for the state of Tennessee. And also actually cover Arkansas for Franded as well. I've been doing it now for 16 years. And when I say I I own the territory, I'm actually a franchisee. So I'm a, a franchisee of a franchise consulting business. You know, and very simply think of me as a franchise matchmaker. I help people find out if business ownership is right for them. And if so, what franchise would be the best fit?
0: And we hear franchise, and I know many of us automatically assume like fast food and some of those, but the reality is when you look at franchise opportunities, it covers a wide, wide spectrum. And so paint the picture of some of the different types of franchises that are available.
1: Yeah, we we oftentimes joke that there's more to franchising than french fries. Obviously, food is a big sector, but there's franchises and The automotive space, technology, education, health and wellness, fitness, senior care, home improvement, B2B, you name it. There's a franchise in practically every category. So so many franchises out there that a lot of people don't realize that they're franchises. So a lot of breath.
0: Talk about some of the, the fundamental pieces. I know that people can walk through kind of a four-step guide and, and really do an in-depth analysis on their end. But what are some of the main fundamentals that someone needs to either have in place or be thinking about to really take those next steps to become an owner?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, when somebody begins to think about owning their own business, you know, a big part of our consultation with the client is really understanding their why. What are their motivations? You got to really want to do it. Now, some people, maybe they, they're they burned out with corporate America or they've been a road warrior and they want to park themselves in their, their city, You know, eliminate downsizing, whatever it may be. Others may actually want to create another stream of income. So they want to keep their full-time job, but diversify and create wealth. So you got to really have a good sense of your why, what's prompting you to consider business ownership. We have a proprietary assessment, it gives us a profile. What we then do is, you know, based on the assessment results, you know, we we take a look at their skill sets, their motivations. A big part of it is their financial wherewithal and their financial comfort zone. And I mean, let's face it, that's a big part, because all the franchises that we work with, they have net worth and liquidity requirements. And we want to make sure that we're matching people up with franchises that are going to help them achieve their personal, professional and financial goals, but do it in a safe way. You know, we don't want them to be so stretched. Uh, You know, lastly, it's grit. I mean, you know, anybody that's, a business owner, you got to have grit. You got to have perseverance. You got to realize it's not going to happen overnight. So those are just some of the a few things, you know, when we're working with folks that are considering business ownership.
0: What's the timing look like when you talk about sitting down with somebody, going through the assessment, looking at the match to ultimately them starting the business? How long is that range? And I know it's going to vary quite a bit, but is it is sure. it something that moves somewhat quickly? Does it take a full year, two years, three years down the road? What what does that timing look like?
1: Yeah, from an investigation standpoint, I would say generally speaking, it's going to take 60 to 90 days for somebody to um, do what we would call proper due diligence. Now, of course, that it depends. Most of my clients are looking at three, maybe four concepts. If they're only looking at one, you know, it could be shorter. But generally speaking, it's going to take about 60 to 90 days and giving them ample time to peel back the onion, really learn about that concept, validate with other franchisees that are in the system, meet with a franchise attorney, financing and all that stuff, you know, before they can actually make a decision. Now, as far as opening the business, if it's a home-based, mobile-based business that doesn't require brick-and-mortar, you can be in business in about a month or two. If it's brick, brick-and-mortar, brick you know, like a storefront, it could take six to 12 months. I mean, that site selection process, it, it's a process. <laughs> it can take some time, you know, so um, people just need to realize, you know, you need to build that into your equation. You know, sometimes, you know, If they find awesome space, you got to move quick. So who knows? It could be sooner, but usually about six to 12 months if it's a brick and mortar type of franchise.
0: What's a recommendation? So for someone who is looking at this and and obviously wanting to team up and kind of go through this process and find the right fit for them in terms of a franchise, what's just a general recommendation or, or a tip?
1: Go into this keeping an open mind. Because what you think could be the best fit versus reality are often two totally different things. You know, one of the things that I really get tickled over is when I'm working with clients, oftentimes they come in with preconceived notions and ideas of the ideal business. But until we go through the assessment results and I begin to educate them about different franchise models and strategies, they begin to realize boy, I was really off base. There are there are franchises out there that are ultimately going to fulfill those goals that I'm looking for. So just go into it, keeping an open mind and doing your due diligence.
0: So let's switch over and talk about meeting Manny Ahome of Samaritan's Feet. And uh, and this will lead us over to Dylan and, and the passion for shoes and then all, all the, the fundraising opportunities tied to Samaritan's Feet. But give a little bit of the context in terms of Manny Ahome and Samaritan's Feet and the connection. Let's start there.
1: Okay. Well, for me, you know, I have been attending the City Current Events for um, quite a while. Always great events. Manny spoke, I don't know, what was that? Maybe two, three years ago in
0: Nashville? It's, been a little while. it's, it's probably been, uh, it's probably been about two or three years. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> actually it's been um, three years. You're right. It's been about three years because yeah. yeah, the pandemic is throwing us off on time. <laughs> uh,
1: amazing how time flies, but um, Dylan had really just started buying and selling shoes online. Not too far before that presentation, and um, you know, I listened to Manny's speech. It w- it was you know really inspiring, and and boy, I'll tell you what what really hit home for me is and let's face it, you know, Dylan has a strong interest in shoes, and well, you know, we're talking limited edition sneakers and whatnot, high quality shoes, and it's fun and it's great, um, it's exciting when you know the customer gets their their pair of shoes. But then I watched the video that Manny showed and this, uh, this young girl who craves so much to be able to go to school and the school won't allow her because she doesn't have shoes. So what does she do? She takes two empty water bottles and straps it around her feet and they still deny her. And, you know, for me, Jeremy, it was like, you know, we've got a really put things in perspective. And that's when I introduced Samaritan's Feet to Dylan. You know, we followed it on the newsletters and whatnot. And that that's kind of how our connection started.
0: So Dylan, let's hear from you, buddy. So 17 years old on your end and uh, going into your senior year, which is awesome. Give us a little bit of just your passion for shoes, what got you in in terms of the business, and then we'll switch over and talk about tying to Samaritan's Feet. Yeah, so
2: I think one of my friends kind of brought up the idea of buying these limited shoes. And I kind of expanded on that and started a little business where I do that. And when my dad introduced the Samaritan's Feet organization to me, I just made some monetary donations and supported it. But recently, I I wanted to make a bigger impact and get more people involved. So I decided to start a shoe fundraiser and shoe drive.
0: Talk about what you saw in terms of the, the ability for people to obviously support it. But I think to your point, it's one thing to do it personally and then to put it out there and say, hey, come join me in this effort. All of a sudden now it's a public push. And so talk about kind of what you were able to see in terms of people coming to your support and donating and talk about the experience of it.
2: Yeah, I was I was really surprised by how many people helped support this organization and my shoe drive. I mean, I got some friends to donate, some family, relatives. Yeah, it was just
1: really... And, and lots, of yeah, <laughs> lots of shoes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. was about to say, it was both cash and shoes. Yes. What's something that you learned in the process? So when you look at going through and just obviously putting all the pieces together, reaching out, asking for support... What did you learn going through this process?
2: Um, I think I learned that even just one shoe can make a huge impact through donating. Like it can impact one person's life so much. And through the fundraiser, I I think I learned just how to get the message out there more when I was actually starting it.
0: And I think that's something, especially for a, a teenager, to be able to realize that, wait a second, take age out of the equation. You can make a difference at any age and being able to tie in something that is a passion for you, shoes, and say, okay, I can use what I'm passionate about and leverage that to reach others, to inspire others and be able to make a difference through an organization smear in his feet. And the other thing that you're doing that you don't even realize is yes, you're raising money but you're also raising awareness. And so now all of these individuals, family members, friends, others that donated to this cause Now they have a connection to Samaritan's feet and now they have a relationship that's starting with Manny and Tracy in the organization. And so they then become ambassadors to this greater cause too. And so I think that's part of just learning. When you talk about learning to be a philanthropist, learning philanthropy, learning how to make a difference, the earlier, the better, but realizing that you can make a huge difference at an early age, simply by realizing that you have power of influence and, uh, and I just think it's a, really, it's a really good example one of what you're doing to help others, but it's also a good example of how others can take this same approach and say, I want to make a difference. Here's exactly how you can do it. Look at what you're passionate about and get out there and make it happen. For you as the father, what smile does this bring to your face to see Dylan take a passion at an early age and be able to use it for a higher purpose?
1: Needless to say, I'm, I'm really proud of him and you know when he started his little online business. You know he did this all on his own. He did the research. He, I mean, it, it's really been amazing to watch him grow with that, and to know that you know he's also doing good. Again, it's it's fine when you know you can make dollars and cents, but at the end of the day, again, we got to put things in perspective, and um, you know we've tried to instill in him. You know you always got to. Th- Think about you know people that may not be so lucky as us and and uh you know being a part of the community and giving back is is real important and he's embraced that and so uh yeah needless to say i'm certainly the proud dad and um you know he's he's doing good things and we've just been overwhelmed with the response um with how many shoes have been donated you know the monetary thing is great too but you know again we know that um this is going to be doing a lot of good.
0: I'm curious for you, Dylan, more of just a logistics business question. But when you talk about these, you know, special edition shoes with shoes, you know, it's, it's matching sizes. So it's like, how, how do you do you do you get the shoe ahead of time and then do you market it? Or do you try to find the person that wants the shoe and then you go out and get the shoe? What, what, what's the method to the the science behind what you do on the business side? So well, I
2: don't ever really sell directly to people. I sell more on these anonymous secondary markets. And so I don't really have to focus on getting a specific size for one person. I can just get any size and hopefully there'll be demand for that size.
0: Yeah. There's always, when you talk about like kind of custom things, there's always a, a unique challenge behind that. So, okay. I gotcha. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So wrap up for both of you, um, you know, on, on your end, Dylan, talk about just where people can go to get involved either, you know, on the business side, just learning more what you're doing on the shoe passion side or, you know, some air in his feet, where can they make the donation? And then Dan, on your end, obviously talk about friend but Dylan, start with you.
2: Yes. Yeah, so on my Instagram at Dylan Aronoff, D-I-L-L-O-N-A-R-O-N-O-F-F. I I have a post on there that has more information on Samaritan's Feet and also the link to donate if people want to give monetary donations or if anybody local wants to drop off any shoes.
0: Dan, talk about uh, FranNet and where people can reach out and uh, get in touch with you. Sure. Probably the best place is just to go to the website. It's
1: uh, frannet.com, F-R-A-N-N-E-T.com. And, uh, you know, you plug in your zip code, Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, whatever it may be. Um, my microsite, my consultant page will come up and it has my contact information on there as well.
0: Well, Dan, Dylan, greatly appreciate all you both are doing and uh, greatly appreciate you coming on the show. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: This is Jeremy Park, host of the City Current radio show and CEO of City Current. I'd like to invite you to join Growth Current. Growth Current is our e-learning and online personal and professional development platform, giving you access to virtual events with thought leaders, national guest speakers, and experts who are sharing success secrets, learning modules, and so much more. Subscriptions are only $8 a month, and you can do bulk subscriptions for your team. Check out growthcurrent.com to learn more.